This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 13th of May. In your Squiz today, concerns of a full-scale war in Gaza. The COVID pandemic is labelled a preventable disaster. Widening the Suez Canal. And a four-year-old's take on the budget. This is your Squeeze Today. Tensions between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants have been growing over the last week. Now the United Nations Middle East Peace Envoy has said things are escalating towards a full-scale war. Claire, let's step back a bit first. Give us the context to this conflict. Israel and Hamas, which is the Palestinian militant group that we're talking about, are lifelong sworn enemies. Hamas is considered a terrorist organisation by Australia, also the US and the UK. They want to replace Israel with a Palestinian state. There has been a long history of war between Israel and Hamas, and really this is the next phase of it. What happened recently is that several events lined up to basically cause a flashpoint. So things like the Israeli election, a delay to the Palestinian vote, Ramadan and legal action in Israel that could end with Palestinian families evicted from East Jerusalem homes claimed by Jewish settlers. All of that has seen a week of clashes and now Hamas has fired rockets towards Jerusalem for the first time in years. Israel has responded with airstrikes. The footage is pretty frightening, Claire, and so far 53 Palestinians, including 14 children and six Israelis have been killed. Really disturbing scenes there and lots of reports this morning about how terrible it is on the ground there. Where this is going is that it only seems to be the beginning experts say. That's certainly the sentiment from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu overnight. He said that we will inflict blows on them that they have never dreamed of. The Hamas leader has also said that the group is ready to respond. That concern of war is real. There have been wars in the past, the most recent in 2014. Uh, One country that always has an eye on the affairs of the Middle East is the United States. The White House has said that Israel has a right to defend itself against rocket attacks, but really it also has a duty to make sure that Jerusalem, which has been one of the main flashpoints in this conflict, is a place of coexistence with the Palestinians. Yeah, the wider international community, of course, has urged calm. We had quite a few emails yesterday asking if we could do a squeeze shortcut on what's happening there. We did do one in the middle of last year. I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. To COVID now and that independent panel set up to review the global response to the coronavirus pandemic. Some might remember it was co-chaired by former Prime Minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark, has said in its report that the pandemic was a preventable disaster. Isn't that great news to wake up to this morning when we think about everything that has happened uh, in the last 15 months or so? The fact that it's preventable is really heartbreaking. What that panel report says that China called it out early and reported it, but there was a failure uh, at the World Health Organization level and also global governments who were too slow in their responses. That panel report calls it this century's Chernobyl moment uh, and that the world wasted February last year when it really could have got on top of it and stopped all of this. Yeah, they also made some recommendations in that report, basically saying the response process needs reforming or else this could happen again. 
Just to round out COVID news, overnight pharmaceutical company Moderna says it's done a deal with the Aussie government to provide 25 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine to us. So that would be in addition to our Pfizer and AstraZeneca supply. No word from the government on this yet. One thing that became clear as can be off the back of the budget, Claire, was that international travel won't restart until at least mid next year. Something that's hard to hear for many people, also many, many businesses, especially Qantas. Yeah, especially Qantas. They've already had to reorganise their planned relaunch of international routes. What it said yesterday is that it will push it back again. It was slated to reopen those routes on the 31st of October. That's now put back until the 20th of December. Of course, Qantas has to have these sorts of deadlines because it's got to get planes organised and staff organised to come back online. So news from the government in the budget that it's really aiming at borders reopening mid-next year is heartbreaking for all of those concerned. The tourism sector was one of the loudest critics of the budget yesterday, the sector calling for more support and certainty about timelines. Who can forget one of the stories of 2021 so far, I'm calling it, when that big cargo ship, the Ever Given, became trapped sideways in the Suez Canal, caused a massive traffic jam, Claire, that lasted six days, became quite the global trade crisis. Well, they don't want it to happen again, so the Egyptian government has announced they'll be widening that section of the canal. It's going to be widened by two and a half metres and deepened by 40 metres. I don't know, Kate, that doesn't sound like much of a widening to me. Would have thought if you've got all the equipment in there that you'd want a bit more than two and a half metres. But look, hand up, I'm not an engineer. I'm sure they've got it all in hand. We don't really know. (laughs) Uh, Also, they're looking to extend um, the waterway's second lane by about another 10 kilometres. And the idea is that it'll be easier for vessels to pass through. What's happening to the Ever Given now? It's still being held in the canal. There's still a dispute between the ship's owners and the authority that governs the canal over costs. What a year the Ever Given is having. It's a big project what they're proposing to do in the Suez Canal. For context, it's artificial. It was built as a gateway between the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea to provide a shortcut around Africa. We've talked about the mouse plague in country New South Wales and southeast Queensland, Claire, that won't let up. It's still going and farmers are getting pretty fed up. Uh, fed up and just really sad and depressed about it and they're looking for help from the governments. One uh, bit of help that they're looking for is helping with the cost of baits. They've been given permission to use double strength baits to try and kill off the mice, uh, but it is expensive and they're looking for help with that. Yeah, there's a video doing the rounds from Tullamore in central New South Wales that shows mice literally raining from a grain silo. It's the stuff of nightmares. As we touched on yesterday, Claire, that rumour about the rekindling romance between Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck now has an Aussie angle. Matt Damon, (laughs) a good mate of Ben Affleck, was asked about it during an interview he was doing from his home away from home in Byron Bay on Tuesday night. His response was, there's not enough liquor in the world for you to get me to say something about that. And don't we love an Aussie take on these big international stories? Uh, Also notable was Matt Damon doing his cross into the 
US um, Today show from the TAB section of a pub. He's in Australia at the moment um, filming uh, one of the Thor films and, yep, he looked rather um, haggard, <laughs> as to say, at the back of the pub. He looked like he'd had a good night, that's for he'd sure. He'd had a great time. <laughs> I feel there may be a few people out there who don't understand why this Benefer thing is such a big deal. I just think you mustn't have been a teenager when the video Jenny from the Block was released. Oh, yeah, a classic. <laughs> classic. Squeeze the day and, of course, we have Anthony Albanese's budget in reply speech tonight. That's where he says what he'd do differently. And those who are sick of hearing about the budget, you aren't alone. Our treasurer's four-year-old son had a bit to say on that front. Uh, not a fan. He thought it was the most boring thing that he'd been through. He gave that advice to the <laughs> Treasurer. Frydenberg revealed that yesterday in his press club speech. Um, not a fan of budgets, it seems. He said, can I acknowledge my wife who is here without the kids? That's because my son, my four-year-old son, said attending last night's budget was the most boring thing he's ever done. <laughs> who can blame him? <laughs> oh, poor kid. Uh, on my calendar today, it's Eid, which is the Muslim celebration that my marks the end of Ramadan. There will be lots of markets, lots of people out and about getting a good feed uh, after going through that period. Yeah, thanks as always for listening to the Squeeze Today podcast. A reminder, of course, it's Thursday, so our Squeeze shortcut on the federal budget is out today. We stay clear of the jargon. We talk through why budgets are a thing, what was in this one and the politics around it. After all, Claire, an election looms in the next 12 months. It sure does and that's one of the lens that it's being looked at, that's for sure. That's all from us. Have a good Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today.